0: My name is Morgan Freeman. You kidnap my niece. Prepare to die.
1: <laughs> Carry always.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and Phil, <laughs> lost <laughs> in his own museum,
1: season two, episode four. Uh, four? Yes. It is four, yeah. Th- that's what the project file says. Is four. So
0: when it's we, we should know, we've literally just finished recording episode <laughs> three. And again, if you hear the beeping outside, they are excavating Carrie Elway's sex yeah. dungeon.
1: I hope you enjoyed the uh, episode about Topper Maverick. Um, we was, had a lot of fun recording it. Yeah, that was cool.
0: It's a distant memory now.
1: It is. Yeah, it was like five whole minutes ago we finished that. Absolutely we did, um, so yeah, we're recording things in bulk, um so if you've reached out to us on social media um expecting me to, to for a shout out on the next episode, we're very, very sorry that that's not happening,
0: absolutely, um, do you know what I was thinking about this, and we can we can have a little bit of a board meeting on air if you like, oh yeah. it's radio
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hans, it's radio, put the gun away, fourteen for fourteen, David Finch, and james Bond, and is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I don't know if we've got any more. Like, no. We're creating our own little cliches.
0: We have indeed. Um, what I was thinking is we could maybe, because we used to do the questions, Yeah. and sometimes we'd get loads, and then other times we'd get two or three we could maybe do an episode of questions at the end of this season if folk like
1: it. Yeah, we can do actually. Yeah. So we could yeah. put
0: that out to you guys at home. You, you fantastic loyal listeners. If there's stuff you want us to talk about, or questions you want us to answer, or like what ifs or debates or just anything in general, we might towards the end of this season do a do an episode of just that. We might even treat you to a YouTube video. We could do indeed. We could definitely. do That means we have to put clothes on Phil. I know. Which is a real shame. It's just. It's just not on, is it? Because like to quote Seth Macfarlane, to do this I have to be physically and emotionally nude. <laughs> <laughs> What's that for?
1: It's an interview where he's talking about recording Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I transitioned from being a poor Vietnamese immigrant to the Caucasian success story you see today.
0: <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um... We had a movie night the weekend just gone, and we watched two absolutely fantastic
1: movies. Yeah. Very, uh, very polarized. Very, very, very
0: polarized movies.
1: Totally different.
0: Um, I we'll, we won't spoil what the next one's going to be, but you can you can come into that uh, momentarily. It's going to be a bit of a double bill because there's a movie and then there's a movie about the movie. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk we're about, talk both, about but both. But that there there's your only clue. Um, but this this episode, this week, this month, this year, whenever we decide to put this out for you. Is about Kiss the Girls, which is the um, adaptation of the James Patterson book from the nineties, starring Morgan Freeman,
1: Ashley Judd, Carrie Elways, amongst others. It was amazing. I mean, I, I just watched the Bond Collector quite recently, and it's a, you know, it's, um, it's the same author, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's the same author, and it sort of it, it prompted the prompted the thought because I was like, oh, if you like that, you'll you'll like this. Yeah. And and it links nicely quite back to the, the previous episode as well, doesn't it? We sort of, these are the sort of films that I love where they're not. This isn't winning best picture.
1: Yeah, this is the this is the stuff that's like that's kind of the in between, you know, a, a, like alongside you sort of contact and the fugitive and, and movies. Yeah, like Yeah, this is just a good film. Yeah, it's it's just a good solid movie. Um, good story, really original ideas. Um, Absolutely, yeah. That being said, you know a lot of tropes, a lot of kind of. Um, the killer is in the room somewhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because don't know where he is. I, I, I obviously, have seen this film probably three or four times over over the years, and it's you know obviously one I enjoy coming back to every
1: now and then and enjoy. But it was your first time watching it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know whether I'm just not used to movies like that because I keep expecting it to be like this. Is, I've been spoiled rotten by like newer films. I keep expecting the big plot twist and the big reveal about the killer to be like, oh, it's just some famous actor who hasn't been in the rest of the movie yeah not like someone that we already know yeah well, it's kind of the David Fincher thing with Seven isn't it is that yeah. um,
0: you, you, your boy Mr Spacey turns up doesn't he in the, yeah, uh, the yeah. beginning of the third act and sort of like he's not been there the, the whole the whole film sort of thing because mm-hmm. you, you were saying to me throughout Kiss the Ghost well, is that
1: Brad Pitt yeah it was like the voice is like it's, it's it's either Brad Pitt or, um, or who was the other one um, the, oh, the, the guy who played Danny in Pearl Harbor he's in Lodge uh, Josh Arnett Josh Arnett yeah from um, I need to think of a better for Sin, Sin City and um, the really weird one about the assassins Lucky Number Sleven Lucky Number seven. yeah that one anyway sorry that was a weird time. it was indeed a weird tangent. <laughs> just had to think of a better reference than Pearl Harbor for Josh Arnett <laughs> <laughs> just can't settle on that <laughs> We even referenced it in the last episode. So that, oh yeah, when you're on your way to bomb the Japanese and you get a picture of your girlfriend out. No. Yeah. Definitely going to die. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to have to talk about Pearl Harbor later in this series? It's a possibility. It
0: is a possibility. We'll put that out
1: on uh, on social media. Yeah. Do so you do want, want, want us to talk, to talk about Pearl Harbor. Harbor?
0: Your poll options will be no. And <laughs> please God, no. <laughs> So I, I I really enjoyed Kiss the Girls. it was it was great, yeah, a bit of a bit of a plot recap. So there is a a serial killer um out there called the Casanova killer. He's abducting young girls and then when he's when he's finished with them, um holding them in his uh in his little sex dungeon, um he's he's tying them up to, to trees in the woods and leaving them to be to be found in the in the wilderness sort of thing. Um, Morgan Freeman's character is a detective, but he's also a, a psychologist. Yeah, that's well. an interesting. Uh, and it was it was really interesting yeah. mix, wasn't it? And I, th- I think the beginning of the film we get this sort of like this opening scene, don't we? Where he's he's talking um to to a woman who's just shot and killed her abusive husband, and she's there about to commit suicide, isn't she? And he yeah. talks her down. And, Talk so I, I think he's meant to be like a negotiator.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like I think the whole thing is that um it's just it's a very typical thing to do in like a in like a mystery novel is to kind of find a selection of skills that would be really useful for, for your main character to, to, to move the plot forward um so yeah with morgan freeman is he's, he's a seems to be like an an expert in forensics an expert in psychology and also a police detective i yeah. think that's a good kind of that's a good rounding off for your sort of Poirot type character. Absolutely. and uh, Again, harkening back to something I said
0: last episode, don't you think that Morgan Freeman, wherever he turns up, he just plays Morgan Freeman?
1: Yeah. He's,
0: yeah. He's like, he's superb, isn't he? He's so cool. I remember it, saying that. He's, just, he's the coolest he, guy. He's the actual epitome of cool. Yeah. But I can't think of a performance where I've seen him do anything that strays too far from type.
1: No, I can't. Even, even playing like God in... Bruce Almighty. I was just thinking exactly that. <laughs> he's like, still... He, he, he just does just Morgan Freeman. In. He just, just brings so much cool yeah. to it. It's almost as if he's like... The, the, he is all of these characters, and it's like... He's just collecting them along along the way and turning them into Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, like, Morgan Freeman, you know, like... I, I mean, I'm not a churchgoer, but if I was... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would I would have Morgan Freeman's face in my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it,
0: He's he's just a great choice for for nineties um, yeah. you know sort of like nineties crime
1: and, and and thrillers. And um, you, you get the impression that he could you could really like that. He, he's not somebody you'd want to get on the wrong side of. Whoever he plays, yeah, like sort of,
0: he, he's he's friendly, but he commands that respect. And you yeah, made the yeah. commentary really early on that it was nice that he was playing a, a somewhat everyman. Like he's training down the gym and he's coaching the the young kid in the boxing ring. And yeah, sort of, he, he does just feel like a normal bloke, doesn't he? Even though he's yeah. got
1: all these extraordinary skills, like you've just said, yeah, yeah. he's still a normal bloke. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of Ashley Judd as well. I think she's great. Um, oh, she she's superb. Yeah, I, I, well I remember saying because like one of the things I was I was thinking about. Um, I was talking to somebody recently about about sort of what I what I really love about the acting craft, and it's stuff like that. It's like there's, there's a scene with Ashley Judd when she's in the gi- in the gym at the beginning, mm. and uh, there's this sort of this look comes across her face. It's about four different emotions in one. They are all sort of vital for the scene, but you're like, what are you thinking about? Like how? Yeah. How you? How do you get there? That's amazing. It's like. I I, yeah. I really really like
0: Ashley Judd, and I think and it's she's a, very very good. a real shame that she doesn't appear in stuff mm. anywhere near as as often as she as she used to do. Yeah. And her and Morgan Freeman work so well together. They've done a couple of things in the nineties. Do you remember High Crimes? Yeah. Where she's the military lawyer. Aye. Uh, that that was, that was brilliant. Was that as well? Yeah. Um, but you know, and a similar sort of, uh, not similar premise in terms. Of it's not serial killer, but she's she's determining whether or not somebody is a killer or not, and it's similar sort of stakes available, and it's you yeah. know sort of it's it's got that sort of thriller in it sort of thing. But with with this, with Morgan Freeman's character, his his niece gets kidnapped, and that's how he gets involved.
1: Yes, yeah, so in it's this personal for him role. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I, and I think he sort of. He plays that really well, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: because he, he, he manages to maintain a, an air of professionalism throughout the, the majority of it. But then there's the bit in the middle where he realises that there's two killers, like copycat killers, sort of working in tandem on the East and West coasts. Yeah, there's
1: one in New York and one in LA. No yeah.
0: And um, it's, it's that sort of thing going on. And when they, when they go out to, to go and catch the, the copycat killer... He completely makes a mess of it, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he's there talking to his superior, and he's, he's no, but you, you, you're looking at it wrong. And then the the, the boss sort of goes, just cut the bullshit. Yeah. And I really liked that scene because then he's like, yeah, alright, I'm not going to win this one, am I? And it, it was just sort of like a humbling moment for him. Yeah. And you sort of like you, you realise you're feeling the pain. And then when he's talking to to Ashley Judd, is obviously one of the girls who ends up getting kidnapped um, by the by the killer, but she manages to escape. And then spends the rest of the film aiding the police in the capture of the killer. Yeah, um, I like that
1: as a as a plot point.
0: Yeah, it w- it was really good, wasn't it? And sort yeah. of like she's like, well, if you want me to be safe, of course I've got to come with you. And the, but Morgan Freeman's like, but, but the killer could be in there. Yeah. And, but they they do keep leaving her
1: alone. Yeah, which <laughs> like, is really annoying. But... Yeah, we both kept calling that. Didn't we? It was like, yeah, no, she's in that it's car like, alone. So she's alone again. Yeah, there's obviously a serial <laughs> kill one, one or about somewhere. But yeah, I, I like that because I I I liked it sort of. I liked it the um, the scattered memory element of it, yeah, because obviously she can help them because she was she's been there. But when she's escaped, she has no idea where she is or where she's going. Yeah, um, so it's 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 retracing the steps and piecing the memory back together. And she's not really taking in the surroundings; she? she's, she's just been focused she's on getting away. Yeah, and, you know, and she's jumped into a waterfall, and,
0: which is an awesome scene. Um, yeah it was it was really 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 well done I mean that like you said on the night it it it's pure 90s isn't it it's oh yes yeah. cliche 90s to yeah. a say t- but it it works so well mm-hmm. um such a you know it's
1: very typical dark crime drama yeah like,
0: absolutely typical is the word um, i was looking for yes
1: yeah. the, the 90s has its own noir thing that i would i would categorize it as noir in, in the same way that like the 1950s crime movies and noir like I, i'd yeah, the, the the '90s movies definitely have their own identity. Don't yeah, it they? has you, its own thing that you can, like, uh, can watch.
0: You know that, or High Crimes, or Double Jeopardy, or yeah. The Fugitive, or even again going back to Tom Cruise, A Few Good Men, or The Firm. Yeah, they've got, they've their, got own, their own thing. That, yeah. There's there's a commonality between them, isn't there? Yeah, and I think that's going to become known as like '90s noir. It, it could future, well be, like, yeah, yeah, or yeah, sort of. It definitely takes its inspiration from, it, especially when you've got the you know the, the sort of the the flawed but lovable detective leading it you know the, yeah. like Morgan Freeman he, he's essentially playing a, a Sam Spade type character isn't he yeah yeah um, but it's
1: it's the it's the kind of the very very clever and very cool but also very brooding and depressed about something and has a vendetta of some kind and like the you know yeah absolutely and with with this one it's like he's he's obviously
0: trying to do the job and trying to do it by the book and you know he does seem genuinely respectful of the fact that you know he's um, cuz Brian Cox plays one of the one of the, the, the sort of like the the commissioners doesn't he of the, oh, yeah. the of the local police
1: force yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant.
0: and he's he's great in it in a very small role Brian Cox is brilliant in anything that he's in but he's like you know he says hey, what is it something along the lines of this you know I welcome you to my house you're a guest in my house just just don't mess around in the kitchen sort of thing as, yeah, in, yeah. as if, as say do what you got to do but just don't do anything that's going to jeopardize the the investigation, and so he teams up with the detective on the case, doesn't he? Which is Carrie Elway's, yeah. Um, and and that's a really interesting dynamic as well, given that the the ultimate reveal of the film spoilers yeah. is that Carrie Elway's is the killer.
1: Because he's, he's he's already really creepy and weird, like in, in his own little way. But but not in a like not in a sinister way. Just a bit that, that guy's a bit odd, like.
0: Yeah, well, I, I suppose like I suppose we've kind of covered it really with you saying you were expecting Brad Pitt or Josh yeah, Hartnett to turn up, but until the bit in the kitchen at the end of the film where actually
1: Judd's cooking him dinner and his accent changes and his accent yeah. changes did you call it i yeah i think i did like it well i mean i, I called it when she was in the house when she let she lets him into the house now answers the phone yeah that was the thing cuz as soon as she answers the phone cuz obviously Morgan Freeman's had a panic and he's like oh shit this guy's going out to her house yeah and it, like he knows where he's going to be and he and when he calls up, and like obviously, I mean, it, it becomes obvious when he cuts the phone line with the with the wire cut. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as standing in the doorway, she's on the phone. Morgan Freeman is trying to get in touch with her. That whole thing was like, okay, yeah, no, I see where this is going now. Yeah, he he's the guy. Yeah. But I think the film did a really
0: good job of not even giving any hints because, like you say, he's, he's got a he's got a vibe about him, hasn't he? As oh yeah. I, I didn't call
1: it to Len, That was that was when I. That was when I figured it out it wasn't. Yeah. But it,
0: yeah, but the the vibe, like you say, it's it, it's odd in its own way, but it's not a. I need to watch out for this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, one of the things as well, corny of that guy actors. Yeah, very good ones. Jeremy Piven, mint. Oh yeah, love absolutely.
0: Him. There were so many folks in this film, weren't yeah. there? That were sort of like you, you can't not necessarily even
1: name them, but you're like, it's him. It's that guy. <laughs> it's him. It's that guy from that thing. I mean, like I mean, we love that guy actors. We do. um on, on on museum. Where, where think, uh, yeah, has, has
0: Jeremy Piven had some work done, or is he just really taking care of himself? Because he looks better now than he did in that
1: film. Yeah, I mean, I, when was he doesn't two thousand four, about two thousand ten. Yeah, thereabouts. And then the like, film was about five years ago. And he always it? looks really good. Like I think I think he just looks after himself because it you can usually tell the difference. It's like you, you know it's you it's Tom Cruise versus Rob Lowe. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise looks like he's had Rob well, had work done. Rob Lowe just looks great because he just always looked after himself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I thought that Jeremy Piven looked older than his years in this thing. Did you ever yeah. watch the Cleveland show? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember his his, his neighbour, the little person next door, who's the golfer and he's got the sports car?
1: Yeah. It reminded me of that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that with, that guy was voiced by Jeremy Piven. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what? It might well
0: be. It, it might well be. He's definitely had a hair transplant. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm I'm massive on Entourage. I, I actually love Entourage, and like the yeah, Jeremy Piven's character in that is just. Oh, apparently, he's fantastic. in Edge of Tomorrow as well. Okay, the only other thing I've seen him in is. Uh, uh,
0: smoking he's Aces. Ma- he's in Sin City as well.
1: Oh yeah, he's the he's the is uh, Bruce Bob. Willis's partner. Yeah, Bob. Because he shoots him in the
0: car and then yeah. Yeah, he's not in the Cleveland show. And, and I just want to stress, for uh, legal reasons, I don't know whether he wears a wig or not. Yeah, I <laughs> would like to say one more or the other.
1: Absolutely. Ger- Jeremy Piven, why don't you come on the show, and we'll find out. Absolutely, but... but I mean, if you, you asked him, he'd do it. <laughs> i tell you what, mate, if you want to reach out to him, I would have the
0: best time. Um, but, I mean, you Tony Goldwyn in there, you've got Bill Nunn, obviously Brian uh, Cox we mentioned, um, obviously Jeremy Piven as well. Um I think Mina Savari's in this film, yeah um, as well she's one of the girls that gets um, gets sort of you know kidnapped I think it's a blink and you'll miss her things. it's pre-American pie, so I don't think it's necessarily somebody uh, you know that they would have focused on in the film. But yeah, there's, there's there's loads of folk in it that you sort of maybe wouldn't recognise by name, but you'd certainly like you said go oh it's them.
1: It's like yeah, I mean it's oh it's that guy from that thing. I mean like, yeah like I there's very few of those those kind of actors that I do know by name, but it's always like oh yeah it's you know um, it's always it's people like William Fittner and um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of more off the top of my head. No absolutely, <laughs> or oh, Philip Baker Hall, God rest him, he passed yeah, away
0: yeah. Uh, since we've last done an episode as well, my. My favourite that guy, mm. um, but the, the, there's too many of them to mention, isn't there? Oh, uh, so. Powers Booth was one for a while, yeah. wasn't there? And um,
1: yeah, there's the, the so many of them. Chris Christopherson, to be fair, I mean outside of that, the Tarantino sphere, like I, I think like Harvey Keitel probably fits into that. Yeah, he, he
0: probably Harvey Kaitel's one of those where he's he's not quite a that guy, but he's not quite a an A-list yeah. sort of guy in, anymore. Like Cary yeah, he's he's in he's in Cary Elway's land.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Cary Elway's is one of them where like, I think especially in like the nerd sphere, you know, like obviously in Princess Bride, he's in Robin Hood, Man in Tights, um, he's in the first Saw movie. Like, he's he's had these roles that are like, where where people know who he is, you know, like yeah. the, like bad guy Twister as well, which I love. Um, Lire, liar, liar, like, hey champ, it's <laughs> the, the claw. I, um, I love Robin Hood, Man in Tights. It's my favourite Mel Brooks movie. Like, I think it's it's just. He is su- so funny. It, it's just superb, isn't it? The yeah. <laughs> Blinking the blind lookout. <laughs> got, I'm. What are you doing over there? I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: guess the, the, the sheriff, his mole keeps moving, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's
1: got. Yeah, the, the guy who plays King John. Yeah, he's That's got King John, sorry. He's yeah. got a mole on his face. He's like, what have you got mole on the other side? Yeah, that that's a, that's a, that's definitely an episode for another time. We'll have to do a Mel Brooks. Oh, time. definitely, we will do. Yeah, There's, I love Carrie Elwes, and it, I, I, haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but he's always been like a prominent character. Um, I mean, I, I think he's sort of, at the time, like this, this is this is like the the height of his career. Yeah. This sort of, like, yeah, well,
0: late nineties is definitely
1: yeah, Pete Carrie Elwes, isn't it? Pete Cary Elwes. Bless you. <laughs> there must be so many things in the world that a peak carry always. I can't, can't wait to use that phrase more often. But um, yeah, like I mean, I suppose you know we're talking maybe it's a little bit before peak Morgan Freeman. I I might disagree with that
0: statement. I don't no. know, because I, um, I suppose Morgan Freeman was kind of still breaking through with Shawshank, wasn't he, which is ninety four.
1: Oh yeah. But then, yeah, I guess we're I don't, so what what
0: would you? Describe? What year was this movie?
1: Ninety seven. Ninety
0: seven. So we're we're talking about it in its twenty fifth anniversary, which seems oh, wow. quite uh, quite apt yeah. to to bring it up in an anniversary year.
1: Yeah, I I would say because the thing with Shawshank Redemption is that it's it's more it's a recent masterpiece. Like it's, it's one of those that's like. It wasn't really that well received and well appreciated at the time. No,
0: it, yeah, it was a it was a blockbuster success yeah. rather, as in blockbuster video rather yeah. than. The it's cinemas. A, it's
1: like a super cult hit, like a, it's it's what happens when you make the best movie of all time, ten years early. Like, you know what I mean. Which I I, I do. It's not my favorite movie, but I do believe it is.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree that it's it's a contender for being yeah one of the greatest, the greatest movies, greatest if movie. not the greatest movie of all time. Sort of just on a. Yeah, just just a technical storytelling
1: standpoint. It's a, it's a perfect ten out of ten. It really is, and we we even even the plot holes that you don't care about, like how did you get? This? It yeah. still annoys me that you got the poster back on the wall. That still winds me up. You got like you managed to get the poster tight enough for the, for Bob Gunton to throw a rock through it. Yeah. How like no, I I'm not buying it. But anyway, that's absolutely again, that's another that's another one for another time. <laughs> It's
0: uh, yeah. It's amazing how we run off in these these tangents. I do want to talk a bit about Ashley Judd as well. She's playing Kate McTiernan as yeah. as, as we've said, and she's sort of the the co lead of this film. Um, she's very very good. She she's superb, and uh, do you know her her dedication to the role as well? Like I was reading before about it that she wasn't a kickboxer. Oh yeah. But she took up the lessons and learnt the sport. So that she'd be able to do it convincingly and do do as many of her own stunts and things as that's as best. possible, which is,
1: which is which is great. I'll always give actors props for that. Absolutely for that sort of stuff because especially when it comes to combat sports, you know, like because um, a lot of the time, you know, you get actors that get parts because they can do that already. Like Patrick Swayze, you know, big martial arts guy, really big in Tai Chi Roadhouse. And- yeah, like yeah. that's how we get to roles like that. Obviously, Steven Seagal, very like David Carradine, like you know these big martial arts guys. It's different when you've got someone who's like, okay, there's a scene where you're gonna be like training to kickbox, like because yeah. it's not an easy thing to learn how to do. There's a lot, of, you know. Um, yeah, she, she. Do you know
0: what with actually Ashley Jordan, I think you you talked about it. she. She's not given the credit that she
1: deserves. It. I don't think in anything. Yeah, she she's very good. She's got a very, like her her technical command of acting.
0: Yeah, it's like you said she's, with
1: with with the the scene
0: early on in the training montage, and she's... She's yeah. got so much going on in her face, and the, the, the escape sequence. Whilst it's very, very short, and um, so you can see the determination. She's, she's pretending to be all sort of like you know weepy and sort of beaten into submission almost, isn't she? And then yeah. she attacks him and. <laughs> makes the makes the break for it and she she's defiant she breaks the rules and she because the, the 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 killers like you know while you're here you don't cry out for help and you don't do this you don't try and escape you don't try and use any special skills on me because yeah. that's what he's doing isn't he? he's, collecting, he's collecting skills indeed. yeah
1: yeah because because Morgan Freeman is this is like a she's like a like prodigy on the violin a violin player yeah. and
0: then there's there's an artist as well isn't there and there's like, that the, he's he's picking girls with special yeah, yeah, special like special, skills special skills and, and abilities, yeah. and and it was an interesting thing as well with that the whole sort of Morgan Freeman saying, "Well, she says to Morgan Freeman, he, he told me he loved me, and Morgan Freeman's like, well, he probably believes that he does." Yeah. yeah. And that was almost something I wished we'd maybe seen explored a little more. Yeah. Because uh, that could have been real deep, sort of like. See, you know, a, scary I like
1: sort of stuff. I, I like that when they're really going to the psychiatry of serial killers and movies like this. Yeah, you know, which obviously we'll talk about in the next segment because you know there's a lot of these kind of movies come out in the '90s where with like where they really dive into the kind of the nature of serial killers and I think it was it was the sort of a big era for the fascination for for people's fascination with it. Yeah, it still lasts to this day. I mean, you you know you got stuff like the the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie out and which was great. The Dennis Nielsen TV show with David Tennant, which was oh that was superb as well. Um, but anyway, that's yeah. that's we'll talk about that in a bit.
0: But, yeah, I do think I. I wish it was something that was explored more in the in the film. But I get that they have to condense it down. It can only. But you know, we've got a
1: two-hour runtime. You know, stuff has yeah, to, yeah. you know, hit the cutting room floor. And it is an action movie, really. Like you know, it, like even as a drama, it's got because of the nineties.
0: Yeah, it, it balances the two quite well, though, doesn't it? Because yeah. there's never any dull moments in it, is there? It never stops,
1: no. does it? No, there are. A few, there's a couple of plot holes in it. Um, the kind of I don't know if it's just the thing with the milk bottle wouldn't work. Yeah, but I think, I think you have to kind of suspend disbelief
0: with that, though you? Because like you say, it might.
1: Oh, the, the muzzle flash is what's going to set off the. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure the hammer hitting the shell case is going to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one though because I suppose you do think about right, how am I going to get out of it? Yeah. You know how how is the
1: the character gonna sort of was, when he picked up the gun I thought he was just gonna hit him with it to be honest <laughs> pistol whipping yeah <laughs> But Absolutely. yeah, I suppose that had to has gotta be dramatic. Hasn't it? Um, yeah,
0: it was it Yeah, it was it was definitely a um it, it was an in it it was very nineties. It it felt very um sort of like it could be lifted right out of like Red Dragon or Silence of the Lambs yeah. or um, you know even the, the sequel along came A Spider, which isn't as good. Yeah, it's, it's it's good, but it's not as good. This this was definitely the stronger of the of of the two films. Okay. But it's weird because I would say that the other way around, for the novels, because Along Came Spider was the first novel, and I'd say it's the stronger of the two novels. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, um, I haven't read it even. To be honest, I've only read those two. To be fair, um, but yeah, it, it it was just really great film. I just I really like how '90s. It fell and yeah. sort of the. You know, if if you don't have any idea what's going on, you don't know until, like, say, he comes in the house and cuts the phone line, and it's like, yeah. oh,
1: right, yeah. We, no, I like that when it's like a nice plot twist, but it's obviously not that's the wrong word because it's a serial killer, but it's like it's a novel plot twist. Yeah, you know, it's like it's 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 elegant.
0: Yeah, because they did like like I said earlier, they've not spent any of the film sort of
1: you know, going, it's eh, him. Look, look, yeah. look oh, do you see what he did there? And it doesn't really take away anything from it when you watch it a second time. No, as well. You kind of just no, absolutely. You forget yeah. A bit, of the, you know. Like the yeah,
0: well, like. I mean, I, I knew, I knew it was obviously coming. Um, and and I said, it was interesting, sort of watching the film, but also sort of watching you react to certain moments in the film. Yeah. Like the the scene where they go to the 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 copycat killer's house on the other coast, and you're sort of like, oh god, what's this? And then they're, they're tracking him in the pub, and you're yeah. sort of like, hang on, have we met him? And you know, it, it was interesting. I I love I love that as a film sort of you know as a film fan sort of watching. If you've seen something with somebody and they've not seen it before, yeah. like, I love to do it with Laura um, as, as well. Like when she catches stuff for the first time, it's like that's
1: cool. Yeah, now Louise does that. She'll just sort of suddenly go, "Oh, right, yes." Yeah. It's the thing. Okay, that, that's the thing with the guy with the dude, with the guy with the dude. But, <laughs> the guy, the dude. <laughs> but yeah,
0: it, I think it works really well. I found the the, the scenes with the sort of the the, the dungeon um really really creepy yeah um and i think you know it, it held its creep factor sort of really well um you were invested in in all the characters um you know even the ones that hadn't necessarily been there all that long like the jeremy piven character only rocks up for a couple of scenes doesn't yeah. he? and bill nunn's in and out of it He's sort of like he's another one that's invested in it because he's he's his uh, Morgan Freeman's character's cousin, but he's also a, is he an FBI agent, isn't he as well? I yeah, I think, think so. Yeah, there's there's, there's something convenient there. Yeah. Um, that's that's sort of going on with it, isn't it? But you, you're invested in all these characters. and yeah. it, it it's just yeah, great fun. Like it's, it's not gonna set the world on fire in this film. No, well, but
1: it's it's just a really good movie.
0: Like. But it but it does yeah, yeah it does does what it needs to do, and I think it's the perfect sort of vehicle for for that era of Morgan Freeman as well. Like, I wish he'd done maybe a few more. Yeah. I reckon this one's going to the museum. Yeah, I do and all. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's uh, definitely a solid choice, and I would say
1: you have chosen
0: wisely. So there we are, folks. That's just some brief thoughts on the on the film, Kiss the Girls. Like I said, we we watched it recently and just just thought, you know what? Let's just have a have a natter on uh, on Mike, as it were, like we would do after we watched the film. Yeah. Um, and just sort of share our share our thoughts with you there. So we've probably not told you anything new that you didn't already know, but we just just had a natter about the film.
1: Yeah.
0: And we thought we'd spend the the, the second half of this episode. Um, Maybe just sort of talking a bit more generally about some of those nineties thrillers that we that we really like, and
1: because uh, I think it's a big thing for both of us, isn't it? We're, we're both big kind of nineties movies fans. Oh,
0: definitely, yeah, and 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 these these sort of films for me are my my bread and butter. This is this is yeah what I you know sort of this to you know sort of late eighties to mid two thousands sort of yeah. thriller, you kind of thriller drama action. Courtroom drama things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They, these are the films that that are like. It's probably the majority of what my movie collection is. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. the stuff that I, I I find the most gripping and and rewatchable. And again, flashing back to what we sort of said in the last episode, this is the sort of film I want to see come out now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's yeah, it's a shame that because uh, it it was a bit of a golden age for novel ad- adaptations as well. Hmm. Um, and I think they're just running out of them. <laughs> like. Uh, should we have a jingle anyway?
0: Yeah, let's have a jingle.
1: jingle. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of movies like this, and I I kind of I I like the action side of it as well. You know, I'm a big fan of stuff like the um stuff like Under Siege. And, you know, When it's like it's the, it's the it's the action movie tropes from the '80s, but. They're just putting a little bit more thought into the backstories and it's kind of yeah, a little absolutely. bit more complicated. Not much more, but just a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I think there, there is there is a uh, a definite difference, isn't there, in, in sort of like tonal shift in the way that the films have made. If you look at something from the 80s and then you look at a similar film from the 90s and you can even look at like sequels and franchises and stuff. And yeah. Bond's a great example of it. There's a real step up in quality, isn't there? Oh, yeah. If definitely. you take even something like Licence to Kill and then take GoldenEye, yeah. Like there's a massive jump in like I mean license yeah. to kill obviously is my favorite but there is a massive jump in, in quality
1: in terms of like making it darker and making it more making it more human and more cerebral you know like where it's it's more sort of like um the the blur the lines a bit between the villains and the and the heroes yeah where the, everyone's got flaws and they kind of it's not just like it's not just action hero versus yeah. like Twisty black mustache villain anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's they've put a bit more thought into, into the psychology of it all. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know that brings
0: me on? To where, the, you know the other film I mentioned earlier in this episode, High Crimes. That's got yeah. actually Judd and Morgan Freeman in it. So that that one's a it's a it's a courtroom drama at its core, but it's got a lot of similar sort of stuff going on to to like kiss the girls and a lot of investigation and a lot of. Sort of, you know, who can you trust, who can't you trust, sort of thing going on. And Morgan Freeman's character in that is really flawed yeah. as well, because he's a he's a recovering alcoholic, and he's not trusted in any courtroom right. because for whatever reason the last time he was in a courtroom he was absolutely blitzed and just obviously made a fool of himself, sort of thing. Yeah. But Ashley Judd's character decides to work with him because he's got the experience in the in the the field of which the. You know the the trial has been pursued sort of thing, um, and again, like I say, it's she she's blinded in that film by her sort of um, well, my husband can't possibly be a, a serial killer, um, and then he's obviously like I say, he's got all these flaws because he's you know he's a he's an ex drinker and it's like I say it sort of blurs the lines a bit sort of yeah. thing, and then the, the 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 husband in it who's the accused killer he's sort of like but. He says, "But I'm in the army, and I was special ops in the army. I got sent out on these missions. You can't say that I'm a murderer for doing <laughs> my job." Yeah, um, and yeah, I like that sort of thing as well. Um, the fugitive, which we've talked about before as well, has got a similar sort of similar sort of vibe because um, sort of Harrison Ford's obviously not a criminal. Yeah, yeah but he has to become, has become a, one to be able to get, yeah to be able to yeah and he's you know it, it's only petty stuff isn't it like you know sort of pretending to be people to get into places and yeah. falsifying the odd rental contract so he can rent a flat or whatever and yeah, yeah. you know obviously the, the the crime itself of being on the run but it, it's it, it's an interesting one isn't it where yeah. and, and it's especially with the fugitive that's one thing i do like about 90s movies is the bad guy, in essence, is Tommy Lee Jones, isn't he? He's the antagonist, isn't yeah. he? But he's not a bad guy. But he's not a
1: bad guy, is it? Yeah. He, he's just another good guy. Aye. And and I like I like that. Tommy Lee Jones plays characters like that very well. Like, I go mean, going back to Under Siege, because one of the things I love about that is that the the, the the bad guy is like someone who's been abandoned by the U.S. Navy. Yeah. You know, he's like he's been some sort of special forces guy that they've they've left him to die, and without realising it, okay, we've. We've got this guy who's got all these extraordinary skills, and we've just left him on his own. <laughs> yeah, and with a, like with revenge in mind. So what's gonna happen? Absolutely, you know, and it's gonna... is, is that sort of
0: the the whole yeah. You need you need aftercare, you need support, you need, support, you need whatever else, and uh, yeah.
1: That, that's a,
0: that's an interesting trope that that crops up quite a lot, isn't it? Is
1: the former good guy turned bad because the powers that be left him out in the sun to, to yeah. Rot. I mean that's a it's a thing that I think happens a lot with like. Especially with like military based movies. Yeah. Because you're going to end up, you know, I'm not sure how often it happens in real life, but, you know, with spy movies and. Because I mean, it's GoldenEye, really, isn't it? It's GoldenEye, yeah, and uh, the. Oh, bloody hell. Skyfall. And Skyfall, yeah. Well, quite a few Bond movies. There's got to be a couple more.
0: Well, I suppose License to Kill, in essence, isn't it? Because they
1: they don't really care what happens to Felix, do they? No. It's only Bond that cares, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I liked about License to Kill was that it's a revenge movie. Yeah. Like the, you don't have Bond movies before that that are revenge thrillers and that one was. Um and I, I love a good revenge movie like because I love the kind of it's that it's that thing of like of it's not the good guy but it's somebody you root for because they, because they have the confidence to be like right okay throw my whole life out the window start again but my 100% goal is revenge is getting is getting back at these people yeah like it's i love the Count of Monte crystal it's one of my favorites that's that's a great film is that as well especially that the the jim Jim camiezel and guy pierce and young henry cavill and very young henry
0: cavill when he was about 16 i think absolutely yeah that's a good one as well and this whole era of films like i say it's just just my favorite i look back on it with such a such a nostalgic lens yeah, um, that it can be quite difficult sometimes to sort of almost critique them. Yeah. But I mean, there's things like you know the the Hannibal Lecter movies I mentioned earlier, in particular Silence of the Lambs and, and Red Dragon. Yeah. Um. I've never really got on with Hannibal. I think I couldn't get past the the casting change of Julianne Moore taking over for. Um, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, Jodie Fisher. Jodie yeah.
1: Foster. Jodie Foster. Jody Foster asking. Yeah. It shows that Carrie Fisher and. Yeah. <laughs> Jodie Fisher. Fisher, and carrying in
0: Silence of the Doctor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I love these movies. I, I you know it's it's the sort of stuff that I find myself going back to. Um, and you know talking about book adaptations, I mean you know it's, it's um, you know one one of my absolute favourites is uh, is Patriot Games. Yeah. With I I mean I love Harrison Ford anyway. Um, and Harrison Ford, he he did so many of these films. Harrison Ford, made yeah, loads yeah. of stuff like this. Um, he, he was the the sort of the drama
0: action hero of the nineties. He was, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you, like you said, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. He's doing the Jack Ryan bit, and he's yeah. you know and then obviously the Fugitive as well. Uh, but if you go back to the eighties, there's things like Frantic and Witness. They're yeah. really solid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean he even did some of the the other end of it as well with stuff like 6 days and 7 nights. Yeah. Uh which is a bit more comedic and he's not really an action hero in that but he's he's more of a he's just a pilot that just gets thrown into a scenario where they have to fend off pirates. Yeah. Um and Star Anne Hesh didn't she, she passed away recently. Oh, okay. Yeah she yeah. was the the leading lady in that. But then you get other things as well that he did where they go completely for the there is a bit of a thriller angle to it, but it's not the main angle and you get things like Random Hearts. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was weird. Where it was sort of like they couldn't make their mind up what they wanted that film to be, really, could yeah, they? That was a very strange movie. Because was the whole subplot, wasn't there, with the like he's, he's trying to yeah, bring yeah. down the mafia guy but he's he's working in internal affairs and then internal affairs are investigating him. Yeah. Because they think he's been too rough on this mafia guy and then it all oh, gets forgotten about and then he's got this sort of yeah, romance if you can call it that with the wife of the husband that his wife was cheating on, and and then they roll the credits. Yeah, <laughs> like, like quarter of the way through the story, which <laughs> is really weird. Yeah, because we sort of like, all right, so so this mafia guy is going to be involved in it. He's going to be the reason why the husband and the wife are dead, and it's yeah. going to be somewhat personal to get back at.
1: I don't think I've ever watched a film that's got so many like untied loose ends. Yeah, just glaring <laughs> holes. Just like because yeah. I, I remember the credits roll and I was like, wait, what? Like, are you serious? It's like, it's it's like if you know if somebody if somebody comes to if you're having a conversation with someone, and they just walk the the like mid sentence and they just turn around and walk away. <laughs> yeah, you're like, just tell me, tell me the thing. I don't care if it's important or not. I just want to know. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's there's
0: so many of these films, and I'm as we're talking. I'm not I'm not gonna uh, not gonna lie, folks. I'm I'm having a look at like. On, on the IMDb page for for Kiss the Girls and and the films that if you like this you'll also like it. And it's oh, all yeah. the films that we've mentioned like Double Jeopardy and the Bone Collectors on there. Yeah. Both the Harrison Ford ones are uh, are on there that we've talked about. High Crimes is on there. Time to Kill.
1: Time to Kill is one of my favorites. That that was. I love good courtroom drama. That one's. Specifically, it's really, really good. I, mean. I know it's getting on
0: for thirty years old now, so I suppose it's not really modern. Do you do, you do this as well? Just complete tangent, but do you still think of films from the nineties as modern? Yeah, when the yeah, yeah.
1: twenty to thirty years 20th, old. Now. Th- yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's mental, It's modern just because I can see the same actors coming up. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like I'll, Matthew McConaughey is an actor I've got a lot of time for. Um, but you know, as a, as an actor and as a person, I think he's amazing. But it is. In a *Time to Kill*, that's that's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely! I I think it could be our generation's *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Yeah, I think it is.
0: And that's I, I know that's that's a really bold statement to make, folks. But I, and I suppose it's really just the subject matter that that probably draws the the comparison from me. But it's it's solid.
1: I do find with the nineties, with this era of native, of movies as well. Like particularly particularly action movies, because I think that's where the that's where the kind of the contrast is is widest between nineties between eighties and nineties. Yeah. The screenplays it's it's like it's a it's a new era of screenplays. Oh yeah. It's a new era of screenwriters that really want to make an effort to make these to make it conversational and to make it interesting, to make it almost like funny in places and and clever and witty and, and just just you know, it's, it's, it's where people like Aaron Sorkin really came. Oh to yeah, it.
0: absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to mention Sorkin. He's he's definitely the. Yeah. You know, but I mean, obviously. Um, he's the greatest screenwriter of
1: all time. <laughs> he's, all he's time.
0: definitely up there. Absolutely, yeah. definitely up there, um, and I mean, obviously having great source material as well from the likes of James Patterson and John Grisham. Yeah. Um and you Tom know Clancy. Thomas Harris, Tom Clancy, yeah. um you know that's a great jumping off point and um, you know obviously Akiva Goldman's uh, another great screenwriter. Um, from from back in the you know we're still writing now and, and still working yeah uh, you know in, incredibly well uh, but the, the, there's there's loads of folk out there too many to mention really um, but there's just something about those, those 90s drama thriller action
1: films that's just yeah they're it's just great just superb yeah it's yeah. just um, I think it's gonna come back
0: that's that, that as a film. Mate. Everything's
1: coming around in cycles, is I mean, you know, we're like, getting, yeah. I suppose we're getting a lot more eighties esque movies. We're, aren't we're we? rehashing the eighties now. I think we'll start rehashing the nineties next. But I, I think it is going to be. I don't want to see them remaking him, which, I, but unfortunately, I think they probably will. Um, but yeah, I'd would like to see that the idea of kind of original ideas coming back with like with, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Just these these, nice in the box crime thrillers. Yeah you know or escape convict or you know or prison dramas or courtroom dramas or whatever all doesn't have to be complicated just has to be well written and yeah absolutely yeah some good actors in it and and well directed and some you know i mean it it's not it's not an era where i really think of it as an era for great cinematography no but there was you know i was we were watching kiss the girls and i was like wow this is like this is really well shot like the, you know it's well edited, really well put together. It's just a, you know, it's not anything. It's not Oscar bait. It's not wow. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's landscape cinematography, but it's it's cool. I, I said
0: this last episode, and I really think this is where filmmaking needs to get back to. Is there needs to be more films where, you, like you said, they're just made to tell a story, to be a good film. They're not made with franchise in mind. They're not made with, and I know box office and money is always the key. Yeah. But that they're not made with. We've got to do this. We've got to. There's got to be a sequel, or
1: there's got to be a franchise, or there's got to be x amount of millions at the box office, or when they don't turn cinematography into a gimmick, which is because this is the thing. As much as I love like Wes Anderson and stuff like that, it's like I've, I mean, i have said this on the podcast before. As long as every, as long as you, everything's bright pink and you've got all these perfectly symmetrical camera shots, and you know, and you're like you, you turn in cinematography into a gimmick. The, the story comes secondary to that. Yeah. Which I don't mind so much in if a film's got a really, really good story like like the Grand Buddha West Hotel has. You know, but there's films of his like the Royal Tannenbalance where I thought that the cinematography's outweighing the story here. Yeah. Like it's a really it's a great looking film to watch, but it doesn't necessarily sort of you know, grip you in the story sort of thing. No, i i it's piece of art rather than Yeah, it.
0: there's there's got to be the substance and the style. It can't be yeah, style can over be substance. Cause. It can't be substance over style.
1: So, like style over substance, that's what I'm, that's what I'm I'm driving at, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think with movies like this, they just didn't. They just weren't worried about it. No. Well, yeah, you know, good cinematographers who knew what they were doing, knew how to put the shots together. Yeah, and that's all that mattered. Absolutely. What would you say your favourite nineties thriller is? Probably Patriot Games. That's a good shout. Yeah, I I just love it. I I mean, I'm not the biggest Tom Clancy fan. I, mean. I like, Clear and Present Danger wasn't didn't really grip me. Under Tobo was pretty good. Um, what was the other one with some of all fears? Yeah, some of, some of all fears. Uh, yeah, Patriot Games. I think it's it's partly just because I'm uh, Sean Bean is one of my absolute favorite artists, but yeah, I I I love Patriot Games. Patriot Games is so great. It's that's one a... that I do go back to, and possibly Under Siege as well because that's one of my favorites. But that's Patriot more Games is
0: are... action movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it's it's one of those films again where every bugger turns up in there. Yeah, yeah, And you you've got you know Samuel L. Jackson turns up in there, and I remember it. Colmaine is in it, isn't he? Colman is
1: in. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you thinking of Colby He turns up in. Um, he was in Under Siege. Under Siege. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I'm confusing me. Me men. Um. Oh. Uh, the guy. Uh, the guy who plays does the voice of Mufasa. Uh, James yeah. L Jones. James Earl Jones is, is the head of the CIA. Um, yeah, you've got a load of like that guy. Yeah, and all
0: over the place in it. Sort of, you know, supporting cast, sort of people in Very there. Very strong supporting cast. Absolutely.
1: I love Samuel L Jackson in it as well. That when he gives them the medal and. It's like, then pray that he'll duck next time lest he becomes part of history rather than a teacher of it
0: really right. <laughs> oh, I remember the last time I watched that was with you when I'd forgotten that Samuel L Jackson actually rocks up again at the yeah, end yeah. like I just thought I, I only remember the classroom scene I'm like, why would they get Samuel L Jackson to just turn up, give him a medal, and yeah, then yeah.
1: go home again no he's in the but I, he's in, yeah, he's he's in, in the, the house, but... in the house. I love that scene, yeah, it's so good, like that it? whole sequence is great where they like the the guys are wandering around the house and the the uh with the the infrared yeah, um, goggles on and to try and kidnap the royal, and I love the plot twist as well of it being one of his aides that's like had them in their pocket the whole time like yeah it's yeah it's a the Patriot Games is a great movie like absolutely yeah. it is absolutely I think I think my
0: favorite nineties thriller, uh is probably gonna be a lot of people's but it's Silence of the Lambs oh fair I wasn't expecting that I thought you were gonna say the future I I'd, I'd have to go for if if we're talking. I think it's weird because the the fugitive I love it, and I, I absolutely do love it, but I probably would take Silence of the Lambs over it if we're talking nineties thriller. Okay, because I'd probably put Fugitive more in action adventure as well as thriller.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah fair um, play.
0: But yeah, but I mean, like you were just saying about the night goggles bit and the the end sequence. Where again, there's another killer with a sex dungeon. Yeah. Um, he rubs the lotion on his skin or else he gets the hose again. But he's, he turns yeah. all the power off, doesn't he? And Jodie Foster's there in the dark with a gun trying to, like, yeah, yeah. find him. And he's, I do love that, that bit. And the, the whole would you do me, I'd do me scene is incredibly creepy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, and it's kind of another one of those films, is that where there's one of the bad guys, whilst Hannibal Lecter is an absolutely deplorable character. He's not really the bad guy of the film, is no. he? Because the, the Jane Gum, the Buffalo Bill character, is the big bad, yeah. and the one that they're after, and then obviously Clarice Starling is the, the thing. But even though Hannibal Lecter's a bad guy, it's that, that blurred line, isn't it? Like you were saying yeah. earlier, because they, they know that they need him. I love that. I think we need movies like that. Like um, more sort of like, you know... Yeah. It was an interesting thing that the Batman did, Yeah. You, you remember as well, because they... Um, they they brought Joker in it, didn't they? Yeah. Right, um, yes. yeah. Did you see the? Cause it's not in the actual final cut of the film, but did you see the deleted scene where Batman goes to visit Joker in Arkham and he takes one of the Riddler's messages?
1: Oh yeah, the, yeah. And he's sort of yeah, like, yeah. you
0: know, what do you make of this? And it was, yeah, the, the, definitely. I, th- I think that's an interesting uh, a trope, uh, Yeah. I, I don't know if it's used frequently enough to call it a cliche, but the sort of the whole, like you say, were you're an expert in this so we need
1: you sort yeah. of thing. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think where, where else it's been used before. I mean, it, it's it's kind of an obvious one with the, with serial killers. I, mean, I think that's been done on TV quite a lot. Yeah, so like we'll, we'll go back and get the... you know. We'll go visit them in prison. And, yeah, and stuff like... I mean, I, there, that was a big thing in... Um, in uh, Oh, not Castle, what was the other one? Me and Louise were just finished watching it. Yeah. Um, Oh, mine's gone blank. Chicago. Uh, the rookie. It's rookie. A, there's a big thing in the rookie, where they, they're going back, Which is it's, that's great if you haven't seen that. It's well worth watching. Nathan Fillion's new project. Um, yeah, well, there's a there's this kind of serial killer that they keep going back to to get advice from, and it's always reluctant. It's always like, you know, what we have to do. No, no, that's not an option. No, but like, who else? You know, it's always that. It's like yeah, and that's that's (laughs) the the, like the
0: Hannibal Lecter thing as well, isn't it? Is the, you know, okay, Starling, we're gonna send you in. Um, I mean, that that has such a that iconography of her going to visit him in the cell. Like they they there's a whole episode of the new season Stranger Things, where the the two of the the lead ladies in that go and visit a guy in prison because they need to get his.
1: It's pretty much shot for shot. Oh yeah, it
0: is literally like they're they're in the 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 like the the head doctor of the psychiatric prisons thing and he's like and you don't pass him anything through the drawer you don't do you don't tell him anything personal about you and it's literally the the the, the thing that Dr Chilton tells Starling when she goes down yeah um, right up to the point of right well, I'm gonna come and accompany you oh no no I think it'd be better if I go without you oh yeah. you could have told me that and yeah it's it's all literally there as it's well all exactly the same, yeah. but just thinking another another film that uses that thing uh, from a slightly different angle is The Rock.
1: Oh yeah, I suppose it does. It they, it's get Connery, cool get the,
0: yeah. they get Connery out of prison because he's the only guy to have ever escaped Alcatraz, and they want his. Yeah. yeah. They want his intel.
1: Yeah, it's like it's, it's what I quite liked about like the it. I like that trope of like getting the... Of, we're not quite bad guys enough to deal with this, so we need the really really nasty bastard like, like you know what they do in in Boondock Saints. Yeah. Where the bad guys are like, we don't know how to deal with this. This guy's been rotting in prison for like 30 years or something, and he's an actual serial killer who's been a mafia hitman that's worked for like Murder, Inc. at some point. We'll get him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's like the big bad, the kind of like... He's the last boss in the video. <laughs> yeah, really in the video game, yeah. <laughs> Il Duce. He's out on the street with... And it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the one guy, six guns. <laughs> he's, just, he's just standing there in the middle of the street. Absolutely. Oh, but yeah, that's that's one of my favourite movies of the nineties. But that's very much a cult thing, with the Brunox scenes. Absolutely no,
0: I, I, you know that's that's a movie I need to go back and revisit. oh it's great. The I, second I, one was
1: awful, but the first one oh, was really good. Cool. Yeah,
0: um, All Saints Day or something like that. They called yeah, it. It's
1: written by the same guy as well.
0: Troy Duffy wrote I But the thing, the thing they're working on a third. You know. Yeah, he does, Well, it's this thing. He does like a movie every ten years. Yeah. But I think I think so far as I'm aware, um, Sean Patrick, what's his face, Flannery.
1: Sean Patrick Flannery, and Norman
0: Reedus, Norman Reedus have both Reedus. said that they, they would be open to to coming back.
1: Back up, yeah. They are both great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, both both superb yeah. in it. Yeah. Could be tricky with the, the Billy Connolly thing. Oh no, because he died in the second one, I think. Yeah. The character gets killed in the second one. Yeah, it, it's um, that's a great movie, but it's again very. It's a it's a cult. It's a very very cult movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It wasn't. You know, you're talking about a budget of about <laughs> of about five hundred grand or something. <laughs> like yeah, had kind a of limited theatrical run in about sixty years. I'm going to that, say like,
0: you, you can tell that it's not as big a budget as some of the other films that we've we've talked about. Yeah. But it's it definitely holds up on its own. It is very good. I think that one of the things that lets the second one down is that it's it's got more budget. Yeah, and the dialogue's
1: horrendous. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, <laughs> well, I think yeah, one, one of the things, not the thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and the, the, uh, I can never remember her name the, the woman that comes back to play the, the other detective, the sort of the the uh, Willem Dafoe character from the first one. Yeah, because that's that was part of the thing with the first one as well. As Willem Dafoe is exceptional. He really is. I was just going like, to say about him as well. Oh my, he's he's, he's amazing. Uh, like the the way that he did, because they, they do this thing where like they deconstruct the crime scenes. But it, they do it in a different order every time. Yeah. So at one point, he's there while it's happening, and it like because it, it's what's happening in his head, he's like he's actually, it's it's where they're shooting each other in the street, and Will and Defoe's is just like wandering about between them with gunshots firing all around him, and like that's oh, just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's a great bit. Is that yeah. absolutely? Anyway, that's um, we've talked about nineties movies a lot. Indeed, we have, and I think it's been. <laughs> uh, been a fun
0: topic that I definitely want to maybe explore a bit more in a bit more detail. Let's do a few more of them. Absolutely. You, uh,
1: we'll yeah.
0: Yeah. I tell you, there's a, there's a really good film. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll park it. I won't, won't go into it, but um, called Just Cause with um, with Sean Connery, okay. and Lawrence Fishburne. I think I've I've seen it years ago, Um but yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what I mean. Uh, that is—it's it's just another perfect example of a solid movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind us taking a look at. But absolutely, thank you, folks, for listening to our ramblings as yeah. always. Um, if you're still here, absolutely. Yes. They can't go anywhere. No, they, we're holding them captive. <laughs> in our <laughs> sex dungeon. In our sex dungeon. That's
1: the most horrifying thing I've ever said.
0: <laughs>
1: One of us is Carrie Always, but you'll never find out which. Hey, killer. but I, unlike some other Robin Hoods, can speak with a British accent. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, thanks as always for listening. Take care of yourselves. Remain indoors. Have a pleasant apocalypse. We'll see you later.